The opinions of this podcast are my own and not necessarily the opinions of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Ambassador Real Estate, any realtor associations, persons, or entities. If your property is currently listed with a real estate broker, please note that it is not our intention to solicit the offerings of other real estate brokers. Welcome back to Hunting Home. It is once again just myself in the studio today, but I feel like I have an important topic that I've been having a lot of conversations with buyers mostly, and even people that are quote unquote on the fence, whether those are people that currently own a home and they're on the fence of selling it to buy something else, or they're just on the fence, maybe it's their first time, and they're just not quite sure financially if it's the right move. And, you know, most of that starts from number one, the appreciating price of real estate in general. And the prices that people are having to pay now, even for an entry-level home, and, and getting to a point where they feel that they understand the market, that they're comfortable with that purchase, and that it's a good investment for them. I will, you know, kind of make a statement that everything that I'm about to say, there is a baseline is, can you afford it or can you not afford it? And number one, you have to be able to afford it. And when I say that these people are on the fence, this is more likely the people that they they financially can afford it, but they just don't know if it's the right financial move for them. So today I attended a lunch and learn with NEO Home Loans, which is Dylan Dravlin and Nikki Montalongo. And they talked about the emotional tie that current homeowners have with their low interest rate. And, um, you know, Dylan made a very good point. He said, it's kind of funny how, you know, now homeowners, you might run into somebody and it's a competition to see who has the lowest rate because people were able to refinance over the last couple of years, you know, down to even below 3%. And now that today we're fluctuating somewhere around 7%, it's a hard pill to swallow for buyers in the market, especially when prices keep appreciating on top of already having a high, higher interest rate. So they talked about this emotional tie that people have to their low interest rate in their home, and that actually is part of our low inventory crisis. And our problem right now in the real estate market is we have such low inventory. So the supply of homes is very low, and part of that problem is that all of these people that are currently in a home have a low interest rate. And part of the problem with moving up to the next home, even if they want to downsize, it could make their payment higher because they are now purchasing at a higher purchase price. So maybe their home loan's larger and they're at twice the interest rate. And so it's hard for them to leave, for example, the current payment that they're in at maybe 13 or $1,400 a month to buy something the next caliber up where their payment is double that or more. And so with all those homeowners that are currently in those situations, we have this stagnant market of people that will not sell. The other thing that's adding to it is maybe you do have that person that is willing to buy something and move up to that higher interest rate, but then they know that the current home that they own has such a low interest rate that they keep that property as an investment. And so that's just one less property that enters the market for supply. And so that just the interest rate alone has affected this 
supply crisis from where we had those low interest rates over the last couple of years. So how do we, you know, part of my job is helping these buyers find inventory and find potential properties to buy. So how do we overcome it? There's, you know, the thing that we need to do is, is to think outside the box. And, you know, this is, this market's different for real estate agents, realtors, where it's not so much, okay, you're ready to buy. Great. Let's go uh, get you approved and get you into that house and, and not have to compete in those things. This is a much uh, more in-depth process where I'm really starting to reach out to people that maybe I just know they have a lot of equity in their home. They've been there a long time. They've paid their mortgage way down and they can use that equity for their purchase and, and maybe be able to move up, a, a, you know, move up the scale on their home and stay in a similar payment. Part of that thinking outside the box for buyers is, sure, you, you're looking at a higher monthly payment. And most of the time that is the drawback for people because you can get into a home. They maybe have the you know, maybe it's they're only 3% down, you know, maybe they have the 20% down, but the issue is our monthly payment might be $3,000 a month, for example, and we're just not comfortable making that monthly payment. So how do we, how do we think outside the box for that to make sense for people? Well, a key is let's look at their other financial situations. Do they have credit card debt? Do they have a car payment? Do they have student loans? What other outstanding payments are they making on a monthly basis? And how much is that? And do they have enough equity in their current home where if they sold that home, they, did, they wouldn't necessarily use all of the equity, all of the proceeds from their sale on their new purchase? Maybe they take a chunk of that and pay off their other debt. You know, for example, Dylan and Nikki spoke today about you know, say that there's $1,500 a month in outstanding debt between a car payment and credit cards, which I think in today's world is very common. And maybe take that equity from your sale and pay off that $1,500. That frees up $1,500 a month for your house payment. And maybe that's more than you even need to justify that potential home purchase. So that's just one thing, you know, to think outside the box. And it also doesn't have to be paying down debt. You know, maybe it's taking twenty-five dollars or $30,000 and investing it elsewhere. Maybe it's buying a second, uh, an investment property. Maybe it's putting it in the stock market to get a return. Can that money make money for you down the road? And let's look at your overall financial situation instead of just the home purchase and your monthly payment. So like I said, it's thinking outside the box and painting a bigger picture than just looking at, here's my loan, here's my monthly payment, and here's the price that I have to pay to get this home. You know, part of the other thing with getting people off the fence and to move forward is let's look at, let's look at history and let's look at real estate appreciation. You know, decade over decade, real estate has appreciated and it's proven to be a good investment. And so even if you're looking on the very conservative side, you know, you're looking at probably 5% appreciation every year in real estate. And when you look at decade over decade, you know, you're talking 40 to 50% appreciation. So I think the hard pill to swallow for so many people is the, is the fear that the real estate market could shift in the near future 
And, you know, when they pay this price, especially when they're paying over asking price significantly, they're waiving appraisals or they're paying appraisal gaps, any of those things. I agree. It is. And as a conservative person and as a realtor, it's hard. You know, I don't necessarily want to advise those situations if I don't have to. But when I know that a buyer isn't going to be in competition, I'm going to tell my client, you know, this is probably what you need to do to, to write the best offer. And if you're comfortable with doing that, you know, you should. And I think that you have to, once again, paint a bigger picture for your client as far as let's not look at the right now, but let's look at the next couple of years. You know, for example, if your holdback is, look, I, I'm willing to pay that price for that property, but I'd rather wait a year and see if interest rates come back down to where I can have a more affordable monthly payment. While I totally respect that viewpoint, you know, the data does not show that to be accurate because if you say you wait a year, okay, now you're going to pay another potentially, you know, between five and 10%. So let's just do some rough math here as an example. If you were to purchase a property at $500,000 this year, Potentially next year, it could be 525 to 535. So you potentially pay in, you know, 25 to 35 thousand dollars more for that property next year, and there's no guarantee between now and next year at the same time that interest rates will come down. So you could potentially be paying 25 or 35 thousand dollars more for that property next year at the same interest rate or higher. The other argument is that you could pay the 500 thousand dollars now. You're in the home for a year, and if rates do come down at that point, you refinance and start saving yourself that monthly payment. So the key is to buy it and be in that home. You're building equity that entire time, and if the rates do come down, you're able to purchase it for the lower price over the one-year period and also be able to get yourself into that lower interest rate. Yes, you did make that higher payment for a year, but you were able to save yourself a pretty good chunk of change on your loan from buying it now compared to a, a year down the road. So I know that there's so much hesitation in the market. Um, and, you know, our job is to make people comfortable um, and make them understand. And I think that if you look at the data and you, you really are in touch with someone that understands the data and what's going on in, the, in everyday real estate and in the market, um, that will give you the proper tools and guidance to be able to pull the trigger when the timing's right and you find the right property. You know, that also speaks to, to your loan officer. You know, maybe it's more than just looking at that narrow picture of this is what I need for the down payment. This is what it's going to cost me on a monthly payment. Let's look outside the box and maybe there's some other things that I can pay off. Maybe there's another piece of real estate that I can buy as an investment Maybe I can take some of this money and invest it elsewhere to get a return on to make up for that little bit higher payment. And speaking to all this, you know, I'm speaking to this because there is so many people on the fence. And those are the people that, and, and not even on the fence of buying, it's maybe just on the fence of, should I offer that extra $10,000? Should I, should I put in an appraisal gap? Should I do an escalation clause, you know, for another $20,000 or something like that over asking price. This market remains to be very competitive and very aggressive 
for good properties that are priced right. And, you know, that's a message to the sellers out there too, is that it does pay. And I, and I spoke on the last podcast about having a strategy on this, on the sale of your home and pricing that property, right? Because you want the buyers to come to you. You don't want to chase the buyers. And so pricing it right, the market will take care of you. You will have buyers show up and you will have them write good offers if your property is ready to sell and it's priced accordingly. But back to, you know, before the people on the fences, it might it might be the people that are out there writing offers right now. They've made the decision that they're ready to pull the trigger. It's just how hard do we want to pull it and how aggressive do we want to be? And I think that explaining this to people and maybe, you know, especially looking at a, at a specific home at a specific price, you can really look at this at the, you know, the data that's proven itself year after year and say, okay, this is the position that it puts me in this year. And if I wait another year, this is what I'm going to pay in rent or this is what I'm going to pay currently home I'm in. And what makes sense? Is, does it make sense to go another $10,000 to potentially get this home bought? And, you know, I always tell people when I'm, when I'm really trying to get them to be aggressive, when I feel like they need to be slightly more aggressive is at the end of the day, if you get this house bought and it costs you another $5,000 or $10,000, are you going to be okay with it? Is that, you know, $30 or $40 a month going to change how you feel about this if you get it bought or don't get it bought? And, you know, no one has a crystal ball, but if you keep looking at the data, it just seem, keeps proving itself that real estate's a good investment. And, you know, there's all the people out there, the social media stars, the YouTube people that keep saying that this market's going to crash and the doom and gloom of real estate. And obviously I'm biased, but since 2020, we have continued to go up in price, even with the interest rates increasing. So I don't see there to be a change, and I don't see how we can solve this inventory crisis overnight. So I don't see there to be any big changes in the near, near future. I will say, you know, I feel this. I feel this personally as well, outside of just my day in and day out as a realtor and trying to help people buy and sell. But we are personally in this, in the market. And so, you know, being, really being in the shoes of, of a buyer right now is I think really helps me uh, understand where people are coming from and I have my own concerns you know when it when it's your own money it's it's you know I'm always I always try to put myself in my client's shoes and try to understand where they're coming from and so I feel I feel the pain as well and you know especially when you are trying to be as aggressive as possible within your means and be smart it's tough and the opportunities don't always come up you know, it might take two to three months at a time before the right something that's desirable comes up that you are willing to even look at or write an offer on. So once again, um, you know, this is just kind of a quick, quick market update, quick to all the people that are just unsure of what to do right now, but you have that desire to maybe move, maybe cash out on that equity that you have in your home and do something different. It can be done. And it just takes the right steps to do so. And it takes someone that understands the market and how to navigate it for your best interest because everyone's situation is different. So if you have any questions, if you are thinking about it, if you're just totally unsure, 
you know, maybe you haven't even thought about it and you've been in your home for a while or you know that you've made some really good improvements and you know you're sitting on a lot of equity, if you're just interested in a market analysis and, and to see what you could potentially do with that equity, that's what I'm here for. You know, I always try to be very low pressure. I'm here to help and I'm not going to put the hard sales pitch on you. So please feel free to give me a call anytime. Look back through the episodes of Hunting Home. I think that there's some, you know, I've brought up different points and I think from, you know, starting this over, I mean, it's been about a year, is look at how the message has been pretty consistent with the market. And so nothing has really changed. It's it's stayed competitive. We've had low inventory. This The issues are still the same. It's really become more of an affordability issue where the prices keep going up as well as interest rates and people are just unable to make that monthly payment. So anyway, once again, licensed in Iowa, Nebraska, you know, helping people uh, in the Council Bluffs, Omaha metro area, and uh, all things real estate, give me a call, message me on Instagram, whatever it takes. Um, I look forward to helping you. Thanks.